0: What's up college baseball fans, live college baseball is back. Flow Sports is your home for live and on-demand coverage of the biggest tournaments of the year, including the State Farm College Baseball Showdown, the Round Rock Classic, the Frisco Classic, and the Sanderson-Ford Classic, and so much more. Go behind the scenes with exclusive interviews, in-depth tournament previews, and a host of college baseball-focused content. Subscribe today by going to flowbaseball.tv forward slash 11POINT7. That is f forward slash 11POINT7. And when you purchase a Flow Baseball subscription, you'll get access to an entire Flow Sports network of over 25 sports. Don't miss out sign up with flowbaseball.tv forward slash 11.7 that's baseball.tv forward slash 11.7 we are so excited to have them on as an advertiser and sponsor flow baseball has done so much for us already and we're really looking forward to having them on in the foreseeable future guys don't miss out please go and get a subscription with flow baseball to show your support of college baseball today What's up, college baseball fans? We have a very, very cool episode for you here today. Um, at the end of the episode, we have an interview with Tulane, Friday night starter and All-American Braden Oltoff that you guys are going to must, it's a must listen. It's it's incredible interview there. And uh, we spent some time with Braden after his uh, winning performance against Mississippi State and he got to slap the wall with the Tulane sticker. So that was cool. But besides that, Dimitri. Thanks for joining me here today. Again, we have a packed show, and I'm not just saying packed, like I always say packed. I'm saying, I have 20 notes written down about just big moments that happened in week two, including, I mean, just tons of walk-offs. That's not it. That's not all. Tons of, there was walk-offs, there was upsets, there was quote unquote cheating scandals. There were just dominant performances. And then, oh yeah, there was Wes Clark hitting balls to the moon again. So, this is going to be a packed show. We're going to have to probably fly through a lot of this uh, and hit on those key points. But if you guys want to, you know, get up to date, check out our Twitter account. We we posted probably 80 tweets this weekend about just big moments in college baseball. And we're here just growing the game. That's what we're trying to do. Sometimes I feel like we tweet too much, Ben.
1: Nah. Sometimes I just feel like, holy shit, we're blowing up people's news But then I think again, would you rather have like two good tweets
0: or like 80 tweets? fantastic tweet. I, my timeline is filled with people tweeting pointless stuff all the time. At least our stuff is like meaningful. And if they don't want to follow us whatever, but we're we're posting the most important moments in college baseball over the weekend which is what our what people that follow us they want to see that. So
1: Yeah, dude, like we post the cool shit, the cool videos, the, the crazy thing, the fun stuff. Not tweeting about, you know, some I don't even know where I'm going with this. So I'm just going to stop here. But yeah, yeah don't, you know don't hurt I'm your saying.
0: brain too hard. Don't hurt your brain too hard. It is it is late right now on the East Coast where me and Dimitri are. We have not slept but maybe 12 hours total in the last three and a half days. So,
1: man, that's a total lie. I slept like 12
0: hours last night alone. That's true. You probably slept for that much. But, anyways, we have a new top 25 coming out that we're going to hit on in the show at some point. Uh, but what I really want to start with is. Kind of the probably our most viral video of the weekend, Gonzaga's pitcher getting ejected from the game because of pine tar, because that really stirred some pots with some people that follow us. It was pretty much 50 50 on some people scolding him, saying he's a cheater. He shouldn't be allowed to pitch anymore. And then there's guys like yourself, Dimitri, who pitched and and said, Hey, like 90% of pitchers use some sort of substance. Dude, 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 I'm going to stop you right there.
1: I promise you, first off, number one, that guy was shoving. So Tim Absolutely shoving. 11, 11 strikeouts. Ks in four and two-thirds innings. So you know what that means? You're a smart math major. 11 strikeout out of how many batters, been? 14. Smart man. Yeah, smart man. I had he's to he's think for smart. a second to make sure you were right. But anyway, so I'm kind of bullshitting that myself. But <laughs> I promise you, if that umpire said, okay, everybody stop the game. Stop. Stop. We're all going to stop. Give me your gloves. Everybody give me your gloves from both pitching staff. I guarantee you, I will put a lot of freaking money on it that Dallas Baptist had a pitcher doing it too. At least one. He had a little stickiness, a little little old dip can, a little tin can with some goo in there, some of the sticky goods in there. And that Dallas Baptist coach just had to do it. He just had to say something. His hitters had no chance. (laughs) They had no chance. I don't know if you saw the game, but the batter before hit a P-Rod double down the right field line, okay? On first pitch, the batter before that, uh, damn it, uh, Alec Jacob threw a slider, like a Frisbee slider. Think of, like, uh, Sergio Romo. Just a big Frisbee, hard-biting slider, you know? The dude just lunged at it and wasn't even close. Swung in a minute. (laughs) Right? He had no right. chance. It wasn't even close. Next guy, P-Rod, first pitch fastball for a double. Next batter. Before the guy even got to the plate, coach walks out says something. You don't know what you can say on the, on the broadcast. Guy walks out. They go up to him. They start playing with his glove. And then the damn umpire had the audacity to put his hand in the glove.
0: Which is a not no-no. Even, it's not, a no-no even, in baseball not standards. Even,
1: not even like to open it up and like kind of look at it. He put his Freaking hand inside of it and I'm saying that's automatic disqualification. The guy should not be allowed to be ejected.
0: That's that's COVID violation. Umpire's hand shouldn't be on a pitcher's glove, right?
1: Right? No, but back to my point, Dallas Baptist had one guy with a sticky good in his glove or in At his least. little pitcher's bag. Now Dimitri, Indeed. did
0: you ever did you ever use any sort of like substances when you were pitching?
1: Um like what's tried, the what's the secret? I, in in college I tried this old sunscreen and rod in the bag combo which is so t- tell the listeners too who, sticky
0: yeah tell the tell the listeners that maybe didn't play division one baseball what that's all about
1: so you, you you lather up your your glove arm so if you're a, a right-handed thrower your left arm your glove arm you lather you spray hell of sunscreen on your forearm and then you take the rod and bag and just pound it on there and then the combination i don't know if the chemical whatever it makes it super sticky because of the powder and the spray makes it super freaking sticky i'm telling you it's too sticky somehow it's
0: almost too sticky (laughs) anyway
1: and you can't see it
0: yeah it's not like pine tar where it's brown it's like the same color as the baseball
1: so some people don't prefer that they prefer it you know inside their glove right inside the webbing um but i think it's stupid i get it once you call it out, once you see it, you can't just say, "Oh, no big deal, it's fine." You got to throw them out.
0: You have to, I and mean, that's the rules. But yeah, I definitely want to hit on that point because I mean, I don't see any problem with it. Batters get to use pine tar and and different like batting gloves and different bat tapes to have better grip. Pitchers should be able to have better grip, right? Just I a think, little bit. I think as long as it's not like it's damaging, not it, as long as it's not damaging the baseball, like, and it's still like playable, I think it should be fine.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent I think it's not a very valid comparison somebody said the other day oh it's like a batter having pine tar in their bat gripping the bat better helps you hit better but at the same time it's not quite the same
0: yeah i could see i could see arguments from both sides but but you're you're going you're going down
1: you're going down a rabbit hole if you're gonna start start trying to catch people with sticky substances that's true that's true
0: but you won't have enough pitcher to pitch I I like the point you brought up about how Dallas Baptist absolutely had a pitcher on their team that at least 100% 100%. Uh, every team does.
1: They're lying. If if, if any Dallas Baptist player liked that tweet or retweeted it thinking, yeah, that guy should have been thrown out. They are a hypocrite and they are (laughs) a liar.
0: (laughs) But you see it in the major leagues all the time with pitchers having, you know, sticky stuff on their hats. It's like a completely Brown color that they are like rubbing their fingers on and, so it's in the game. It's a shame that they ejected him. I mean, I know it's the rules to get him out of the game, but eleven strikeouts and four and two thirds against that Dallas Baptist offense is impressive. Did you Very see? Impressive.
1: Did you see what happened after he came out? No. They scored two more runs the <laughs> next inning. They hit a grand slam, and then they scored like three <laughs> more runs. So the final score was like seventeen to ten or something.
0: That's about right. That's about right, but. Anyways, we, we can't spend too much time on that. We just wanted oh, to hit on, on. cuz it went viral. But the second most viral video by far was uh was Elijah Cabell's 489 foot bomb for Florida State. And that official. Yeah. It was through like RapSodo or Track Trackman or one of those services. So, yeah, you know, enough. That was official, man. Uh, 489 feet with a BB Core bat is one of the most impressive things I've ever heard
1: some people say some people say bb core and wood bats are somewhat
0: similar it's just the size of your sweet spot is bigger on a bb core i know a pro model wood bat probably has more pop in it than a bb core metal bat and i'm a firm believer in that i I think
1: i think the biggest difference is the size of the barrel
0: yeah you have a bigger
1: um margin of error on a bb core bat obviously it's not going to break.
0: Those, those like major, I've, I've used a major league baseball bat before, like George Springer pro model bat. Yeah. And, yeah the ninth pro model. Yeah. And those things are like trampolines, dude. Yeah. You hit a so, pro, like a major league baseball with a major league bat, it just flies. And so
1: depending on the situation, that Cabell home run might be more impressive. than me the Aaron Judge home
0: run. That really it. I mean, you couldn't see the ball after it left the bat. It just no. Took the off. announcer
1: was just like, "Oh my!" <laughs> he,
0: goodness. Gave, he gave the most realistic response, like not professional and all, just like not oh, dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't dramatic. Oh, but- <laughs> what am I watching right now? Uh, and the the outfielders' reactions were perfect too. They just literally just. It didn't move. They just didn't the move and just I looked, looked at. straight <laughs> up. Fielder,
1: just a little little army man looking like action figure, just way out there in the outfield, just not moving. The yeah. left fielder gave the courteous jog, which I, I respect as a pitcher. a freaking it, little jog, a bounce the, of the, the shoulder.
0: Cur- <laughs> the courtesy jog is more for the pitcher's confidence, saying like, ah, it just, it just dude, squeaked over.
1: I mean, when the outfielder just, hey, when they just turn around and bounce their shoulder, to, like do a, a walk jog, it makes you feel so much better. But when the freaking outfielder just turns around and just watches it and doesn't move, you're just like, holy shit, dude, fuck me, right? <laughs>
0: Just off the bat, no reaction, or the classic, like, don't even get out of your ready stance, don't even turn around and look at it, just let it go over your head. Oh, those are classic, but so that was fun. Um, I also want to give a couple, um, you know, notoriety shout outs to a few things that happened this weekend. Um, our boy, Coach Doug's, uh, or Coach Degg's, sorry, not Coach Doug's, uh, Coach Degg's dude, from
1: Lafayette. Dude, that's disrespectful. Doug's, that it's let me, let me restart,
0: is real. Let me, let me restart. <laughs> I apologize, but Coach Degg's from Louisiana Lafayette, got his 200th win, and we got a follow from him on Twitter, which was big. Um, you know what
1: else today was, Ben? What's that? Eight years sober for Yes, that
0: is right. He tweeted that he's eight years sober from alcohol, uh, completely turned his life around, got a head coaching job at Sam Houston State, and then back where he was an assistant at Louisiana Lafayette. So he's one of the two guys, he's one of the two or three coaches I would go to war for. Him, Coach Vitello from Tennessee, they're just dogs, man. They're Diggs. just dogs, and I love them. So,
1: Coach Dick, in his tweet, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, he gave a special shout-out to the late Coach Robichaud, who was the head coach of Louisiana Lafayette. I played with his son, Austin, in independent bowl, and he would always talk about how awesome his dad was. What an awesome dude. I met him one time. I got a Wilson A2000 for super cheap from my buddy, his dad. Um, he, I was like, yo, I need a new glove. And he was like, yo, dude, my dad, we have a deal with Wilson at Louisiana Lafayette. So he was like, let me ask my dad if he'll get you a glove for you. Sure enough, I paid 50 bucks just because for some reason, like NCAA teams giving out equipment. So I had to pay a price on it to, for whatever reason. So I did that. So that was my personal, I guess you could call connection to them and gray family the Robichaux gray family so I can only imagine Dick, how much appreciation I and mean, how much he loved that family and obviously coach Robichaux
0: yeah no so that was cool to see him tweet out and just kind of be open and honest about his experiences and what he had to overcome to get to the position he's at but Demetri and I we, we've already done the top 25 and we're a little sneak peek Louisiana Lafayette is in our top 25 they have played a great schedule so far and have beaten some really good teams so uh, you guys look out for that. We're big fans of the Raging Cajuns over there. Ben, we have to give a shout out. 19 Ks is not easy. Whoa, wait, let me. Before you go there, I got one more shout out. Our boy Jordan Wicks had 10 Ks after we interviewed him. So good you show said 11.
1: So technically you're wrong, but you were very close and respect his talent. Oh
0: He had 11. Oh, my bad.
1: I, I wasn't up No, to no, him. no. He had 10. You said he was going to get 11. Oh,
0: I did say that on the interview. Dang, I was close. Well, he owes me one. He owes me one. But he was a great interview on our last episode. Super down-to-earth guy. We're going to be rooting for him all year. He He's a, part of he the had, family.
1: I think he had a rough fourth, fifth inning, you said yeah. earlier.
0: Four, yeah, he gave it like four runs after. I mean, but, it was, but he came right back and battled and yeah. ended
1: up giving them six, five, sixth innings, which is all you can ask for. It's yeah, Friday. So, and they're not going to have their best stuff every Friday. For sure.
0: Um, so the, but anyways. Go ahead, go ahead with your with your shout-out now. 19 strikeout.
1: I'm not going to tell you who it is yet because – no matter who you are, where you are, 19 strikeouts. Even at UCLA's dark-ass stadium, 19 strikeouts is impressive. Yeah, I UC- think they do it on purpose. That's why their pitchers are so good over that there, v- by the
0: way. That video was outrageous. No, that, but
1: it's the- not – it's always. It's all the time. They're so dark.
0: UCLA ha- – if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go, go search our Twitter. UCLA posted a video of their win on Friday night, and it was the darkest stadium I've ever seen. I don't know how they were playing. the. I don't know how they were playing. It was like – it was like like living room lights turned on. It was like your living room lights. Movie theater. Movie theater lights. It was unbelievable how they were playing a game.
1: So, so, going back, 19 strikeouts, impressive, right? I've already emphasized, doesn't matter who, what, when, or where. Will Dion from McNeese State had 19 strikeouts in a complete game performance.
0: Right. And that's I hope why- you I hope they were in their teal uniform the Midy all blues. blues the all blues i don't know what uniforms he was in I, i'm trying to i watched the video of him pitching but i'm already colorblind to begin with so I, I wouldn't be the right guy to ask um but yeah so will dion from McNeese state he we me and dimitri both agreed he is our pitcher of the week and so congrats to him uh he followed us on twitter we dm'd with him a little bit so we're going to be uh giving him a graphic up soon and then moving to the hitter of the week i mean none of the i mean we cannot give it to anybody else besides wes clark from south carolina I don't care who the other nominations are. Wes Clark went out and hit five homers this week, including a three homer game on Tuesday, maybe it was Wednesday, and then a two homer game here today um, to beat Clemson. They're our rival, so. Can we, make, can we just make South Carolina our hitter of the week? That whole lineup, man, they're scary. I was telling you before, and I was telling my buddies too, that also follow college baseball. If Las Vegas came out with futures bets on who's gonna win the College World Series, I would take South Carolina right now. Their value... They won't be the favorite, but your odds will be really good. They would probably be like plus 2,000, plus 3,000 in there, I I would imagine. I would would say
1: plus 1,500. Well, that's all subjective. just me being
0: educated. Their lineup, though, South Carolina's lineup, they are grown men, Dimitri. They all have biceps the size of my thighs, and I don't have small thighs. I'm a pretty hefty guy.
1: Hey, you you know what South Carolina's lineup reminds me of? 2013 regional when we play South Alabama at Mississippi State in Starkville.
0: And they were all juicy. Three
1: or four of their guys failed for performance enhancing substances. And I'm telling you, Friday night, two or three seed, we play South Alabama. They oh my God, then we walked in through the tunnel up to the, the dugout or whatever, and they were hitting BP first. I, I'm not kidding. Though everybody just said who 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 are these dudes? They're massive. <laughs> The first baseman was wearing a, I guess, not a cutoff shirt, but not a normal baseball, you know, sleeve shirt. It was like in between. I don't know if it was because his biceps were so damn big or he had a small shirt on because, and then they're, they're, whoever was hitting, I'm talking with peppering every single grill. You could hear cling, cling of off all the grills in the outfield. So and it was a that's what South Carolina's lineup reminds me. Just not normally big. normally and, and Let me big. just
0: go ahead and say, disclaimer, we are not accusing South Carolina of doing steroids. <laughs> what, we, what we are accusing, though, is that the South Carolina baseball strength codes, he, coach, he needs a raise immediately. Give, double his salary because he needs to stay there and keep doing what he's doing because those boys are big. They're physical.
1: Back-to-back back, back to walk-up. Yeah. Normally you're excited, you know, maybe one or two a year. A back-to-back night
0: yeah good for you dude especially against your in-state rival the big one of the best rivalries in college baseball we'll talk about this little series right now while we're on it but south carolina um they win two out of two so they went two and zero against by clemson. the way friday
1: night pissed me off
0: yeah we'll talk about that in a second but let me go ahead and just break down the, the series so south carolina and clemson both have high hopes for this year very talented clubs both of them and so they play saturday at a neutral site at floor field in greenville And South Carolina wins on a walk-off double by Eister, um, and and they win the game. Well, they come back today. South Carolina's at home, back-and-forth ball game. a lot of runs being scored, a lot of balls being hit hard. And South Carolina comes up, and, of course, so Eister hits two batters after Wes Clark. Well, they kind of pitch around Wes Clark after a leadoff single, and so the the five-hole strikes out. I forget his name, but he's a big physical lefty. So of course, Eister comes up and hits another double off the wall for a walk-off. So two walk-offs back-to-back days, very similar situations, and and it's just because they they refuse to pitch to Wes Clark in those situations. So, he, I mean, dude, you 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 just have to, you just have to. You can't let Wes Clark beat you in the
1: ninth inning or later. No, you cannot let him beat you. And what your, I would take my chances, not ten out of ten times, that Andrew Iser doesn't hit another walk-off. He already beat you the night
0: before. The The odds say are in your favor that he won't do it again. And he sure did it. So, um, but yeah, so South Carolina wins two, uh, like both games, Saturday and Sunday. But talk to us about, Dimitri, about what kind of pissed you off on Friday, because I know exactly where you're going with this.
1: So, Friday night, I, I'm getting on Twitter, just kind of catching up on what's going on before the games get going in the midday morning, whatever. They postponed the game to May. For rain in uh, Clemson, South Carolina, so I get on weather just to look at it. It's, it's it's raining. I mean, I give you that it's raining, but guess what? Greenville, what there was not a drip of rain in the forecast in Greenville. Go, or go to Columbia on Friday and flip flop Sunday in Clemson. There was not a drip in Columbia. I think I think it was freaking sunny outside, Ben. It was not a cloud <laughs> in sky. It was sunny
0: in Columbia, which is how far an hour. I, I don't know. It's not not much further than an hour. If it is,
1: I mean, flip flop them, do some scheduling right there, and they didn't do it. They postponed the game to May, and so now South Carolina already won the series, right? So it doesn't even matter in May. I mean, it matters because every one of those games mattered. But that was just piss poor effort, piss poor planning, and just it was just stupid.
0: It, yeah, I agree. Get your ass
1: on the bus and go to Columbia or floor field.
0: I think there was a lot of pride involved. I think Clemson wanted to make sure that they, you know, defended their home game. Yeah, they wanted to defend that home game. But, yeah, I mean, I I definitely understand where Clemson's coming from. But at the same time, I would have loved to see three games out of that series because I I think think those teams are very evenly matched.
1: We just lost almost the whole entire season last year. Who gives a shit where you play? (laughs) 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 <laughs> You've been playing a game better than playing at home.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, and, and both – the Friday night game was the one I was most intrigued about because both, both Friday night starters are unbelievable this year. And, and they both pitched in really well on Saturday at floor field. It was a very close game. I think it was 2-2 two to two or 2-1 two to one until the ninth, and they tied it up. So that was a fun series to watch. Um, but kind of just going past that series for now – we have South Carolina ranked very high in our top twenty-five, so you guys stay tuned for that. And we still have Clemson ranked pretty high, uh, even after losing two games. We think both of those teams are very good, um, and we very forward or very much looking forward to what they're going to do the rest of the season. There, oh but. Ben,
1: I want to. While we're on the subject of Friday, Friday night was a disaster, not for mid-major, but for I ranked it. team. It was I, a disaster. I, I'm here for it. I'm always here for it. Georgia State coming off two wins, I believe, against West Virginia in a little tournament round Robin in Atlanta.
0: They show up to Vanderbilt, and they win. And that wasn't the only win of unranked teams beating. So I think it was five of the top six teams ended up losing Friday night. Miami lost.
1: Ole Miss lost. Vanderbilt lost.
0: Mississippi State lost. Mississippi State lost. And – uh Louisville lost Louisville lost to Western Illinois who went 0 13 last year. That was Saturday afternoon, Friday afternoon, yep. I bet I'll give you I'll give you $2 if you can name me Western Illinois mascot. I know Southern Illinois mascot. Mm-mm. Western Illinois. Just give me their colors. They're blue and yellow. The same team that just beat Louisville Friday that we tweeted about. Uh, I don't know. They're the Leathernecks.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I remember. <laughs> remember how. Don't let the. Hey, somebody said, don't let the Necks get hot.
0: Yeah, don't let the Leathernecks get hot. So they they were 0 13 last year. They come into Louisville Friday night and beat them. So that was impressive. But oh. yeah, you, like UCF comes in after a terrible week and they. Beat and I was one. all
1: over their asses. Yeah. I told them. I told you guys for the listeners,
0: UCF was too good.
1: This was the. I'm going to say it again. The same team that beat Auburn, the same team that won fourteen and two, they showed up and they did play like shitting in Florida Atlantic. They, pl- they got shut out by currently undefeated Stetson. So maybe that loss is not as bad looking back on it. But UCF, I knew
0: the matter of time.
1: It was a matter of time before they showed up at Ole Myth. And I they were said just it-
0: too good last year to not. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they lost two players. I think we talked about on Friday. Yep. I mean, that were kind of impact players but that team was way too good they they swept auburn and so we we expected UCF to kind of show up a little bit and, more remember
1: what i said about the whole scheduling thing a year ago a year ago they scheduled that game thinking they were going to go in there and win and yep. then i said now they're thinking about oh maybe let's get one but nope they went in there and did the damn
0: job yeah they took 2 out of 3 and should have won i think they should have won all 3 games and they were they were the better team all weekend yeah like, I mean, there's
1: sometimes sometimes a uh, small school or just any school will just play really well one game and get a win. But mm-hmm. they were in control from Friday night at 7 o'clock until Sunday.
0: And or- I, I would even make the argument the exact same thing happened just south of Oxford and Starkville. Um, I think that for the – One I mean- team
1: closed. One team didn't close.
0: Yeah, so Tulane, Tulane controlled that series Friday night all the way through the game. Saturday, they have a two-run lead in the ninth, I believe, and then they give up six runs on that walk-off grand slam from Mississippi State. And then they came back Sunday. I thought they were going to be defeated. thought they were going to get blown out by Mississippi State. And they had another – like they took the lead in the top of the ninth, and they were three outs away from taking the series. So between Tulane and UCF, they gave those Mississippi schools a lot of trouble. Which... How
1: about the Atlantic or the American Athletic Conference?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're gonna, dude. The five round draft last year helped that conference, them, the Sun Belt, and Conference USA. Same thing. Those three conferences, that five round draft where those SEC players, those studs left, and um, all that. They, the the American Athletic, I just got stronger. I feel like the
1: American Athletic is the quote unquote. This is not supposed to be offensive. The leftovers of the SEC, they're the guy who could have went to the SEC and not played their freshman year. Or could have went to the SEC to fight for a spot. Instead, they went to these schools who might have shown them more love in the recruiting and promised them more playing time. Or they could have been the fide stud yeah, day one on
0: campus. I mean, you look at the AAC, you have teams like Louisville, uh, East Carolina, Houston, uh, UCF, um, Tulane. Louisville. Uh- Oh, I'm. I don't know why I said Louisville. They used to be. Why did I say? Uh, it was my fault. I'll. I'll do ten push-ups for that here in a second. Um, Memphis,
1: East Carolina, Houston, UCF, and Tulane. I mean, East, East Memphis Carolina four zero. East Carolina six and one. Houston is six and one. South Florida, whatever. UCF. And they're going to get a couple.
0: They're going to get a couple super regional teams. I really believe that the america I would, say, I would say
1: two. Yeah. For sure. Maybe three, maybe four. I would say three. Uh, dude, uh, for sure. So, but, 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 oh, go ahead. I would take it quality AAC team over a mid level, maybe even upper level Big Ten team.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I would I would not disagree at all. Um, so, so, but Ben, it,
1: I got to go back to Friday night. Georgia State. And you know what's funny? People think Friday night, Vanderbilt, they think Kumar's pitching.
0: Well, Kumar pitched Monday, so that's why he wasn't pitching Friday this week,
1: exactly. Yeah. But, but I don't, I, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Kumar doesn't always, it's not, it's not always on Friday, right? Or was that last year?
0: Last year, he was, I believe, every Friday.
1: Just, okay, Either yeah, way. you're
0: good. Don't, yeah, don't put your brain to press. I'm, I'm, I'm not
1: gonna overthink this, but anyway, Georgia State hit that home run. That guy, that guy came across around home plate. People say that it wasn't that everyone does it, but I think he purposely did the home play stomp to mock Vanderbilt. No. The Austin Martin signature. See, I'm just kidding.
0: I see where you're coming from, but Georgia State didn't want to start anything like especially against one of the best teams Dude, in the country. You know how it is. When the
1: small schools are beating the big schools, they, they do everything they can to Maybe. Maybe, I come, guess. But... You know how it is. They they know they want Vanderbilt every, all the time. That's like the big leagues to them, right? right so in the college world series stuff like that i guarantee you because the way that guy looked around and stomped on the plate just gave off every vibe that for what exactly he was trying to do
0: yeah so um i mean georgia state has i think the number one strength of schedule in the country the the, the weekends that they're playing especially coming up as well uh, do, you I
1: don't, want, do you want me to just say do you, do you want to just say what their whole schedule is on on just do, here.
0: just do like their first three or four weeks because I know it was outrageous. So, so, West Virginia for
1: four, midweek against Georgia, four against Vanderbilt, midweek against Georgia Tech, three at Tennessee, midweek at Florida, three-game series at Kentucky, midweek at Clemson before they play uh, Louisiana Monroe.
0: I mean, that's the number one strength of schedule in my opinion. That – the. That- do- Georgia state scheduled the toughest strength of schedule this year. And and I give them props to that and Dude, they're winning and they're not like, they're not getting blown out. Like they're hanging in with these guys, which is kind of scary. They lost by
1: one to West Virginia after beat, they lost by a combined three run. Their two lost to West Virginia. They lost to Georgia six to two. So in a midweek, you know, whatever, they probably got, they got away from a little bit. No, Ben, Georgia scored two in the ninth. So it was a four, two game in the ninth. Vanderbilt, they Sunday and the doubleheader today got away from them. I'm sure they're tired emotion. Let's, let's,
0: let's talk about that doubleheader. They got to see Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter back to back games today. Rest yeah. in peace to those hitters, man.
1: And but, and you know Vanderbilt plays better when those two guys are on the mound.
0: Yeah. Rest so, in peace to those guys.
1: So anyway, like Georgia State, their record on paper looks looks atrocious. It looks like just a normal year for them at three and six. But let's see. Let's see what they they do the next three weeks, two three weeks yeah. before we make a claim that Georgia
0: State's a good team. Yeah. No. I mean, beating those teams shows that they have some capabilities, right? Absolutely. So, um, but kind of moving on. I know we talked about how loaded the American Conference is, but I mean, everybody knows how loaded the SEC is. Best best conference by far. But what you guys are going to see in our top twenty five is bunched up together. There is probably seven or eight ACC teams. That are all right on the fringe of, you know, we don't know what to expect of them, but they've all shown up and done pretty well. So
1: I got to give a special shout out, Ben, before we get into the ACC, ACC and all that. Ohio's pitcher, Joe Rock, three, seven inning no hitter.
0: I saw so, that. What? We love no hitters. We we appreciate no hitters on this show. And they all time,
1: deserve to be recognized. Well, we
0: oh. recognize every single no hitter. I forgot to mention shout that. At out at to top the, the Bobcats. Yeah. So I forgot to recognize that at the top of the show. That's my bad. Uh, but kind of talking about the ACC and the, just the toilet bowl that went on this weekend, man, it, it swirlied us. We got swirlied because you had teams like Pitt go into Florida State, who we were high on. Pitt goes in there and sweeps them at, uh, on the road. And then Virginia Tech beats Miami two out of three. Um, and then you got teams like Virginia, who we were high on, lose two out of three to North Carolina. Uh, I mean, it was just a dumpster fire. That, that conference from top to bottom is loaded. And even, like, teams like Boston College hung in there with Duke and took a game. Like, it's going to be – Austin College won two out of three. Did that? okay, so Boston College won two out of three against Duke. That's what I'm saying, dude. This was the week of the upsets. And shout-out to the ACC for starting conference play this early in the season. I love that. I think it's a – you know, just another little wrinkle in the season for them. So
1: – You know like Going back in the preseason, when we were preseason – uh... Talking about all the conferences and the COVID schedules and all that, we I remember we mentioned oh the ACC instead of playing less game, they're just going to play more conference game. And I and I if I remember correctly, we were fans of that. Yes. I yeah. mean, we don't get to see as much out of conference play, but you know what, dude? If you're if you're going to play a 52 game season, but you're not going to allow too much out of conference, fire it up, go straight into conference, go play.
0: straight into it, baby. And and I'll tell you what, man. The most impressive thing I saw from the ACC this week was Georgia Tech sweeping NC State because what we saw from Georgia Tech week 1 where they lose to Eastern Kentucky, I was like, uh-oh. A lot of freshmen wow. in this. Wow. Yeah, a lot of freshmen in that lineup, a lot of guys who haven't proved themselves and they show up um in Raleigh. They go to Raleigh and sweep NC State. And NC State was ranked I think 14th in our in our top 25 last no, week. Ben they were number ten. They were number ten. That's what I'm saying. And it, are we going to be like? Are we going to expect just chaos every week in the ACC dude, this dude. year? Our or top this kind twenty-five. Of a fluke? Our
1: top twenty-five, and not even ours, just everybody's top twenty-five. If you do it somewhat correctly, it's going to flip flop change so much that you're almost going to have to take into account about how much you're going to punish your team for
0: losing. Yeah, uh, dude. This COVID season is they already started crazy. I think it's about but You know to get what? Crazier. It's not even
1: gonna stop this year. It's gonna be going next to stop. year, the next four years. These gonna be either a year older in their
0: position. These mid major teams are catching up to the big dogs fast because the big dogs are losing guys in the first, second, third, fourth round. And now these mid majors are just like they don't even have to those, reload. They just keep the same bullets in the chamber. For, for a like, couple years
1: now. So but yeah, I mean Georgia Tech Friday night, they were down. They were they were down three two, going into like just it was tie three three in the sixth. Scored five in the seventh one uh, one a three. Saturday, beat their ass all game nine to two. It was they were they were in control. Sunday, scored four in the first. Think about if you're NC State, you've already lost the first two. Georgia Tech comes out, puts up four spot in the first on Sunday. You're like, before you can even dude, pick dude, up a bat. This. this sucks. Like this this sucks. I'm I'm no I'm done. Like this is, I'm over this. And they kept scoring. Eight to four final today. So shout out to Georgia Tech. They hit a home run. They put the ball in play. They pitched well. They did everything right.
0: So Dimitri, who's your favorite to win the ACC now? After everything we watched this weekend, every team played except for Clemson, I think. Clemson played against South Carolina.
1: I still think so. I still think Miami and Louisville are your bonafide favorites. That's, that's boring to talk about. That though, it's boring to pick Louisville, and Miami, but Miami. Like you got to think, Miami played Florida opening weekend, right?
0: Yeah. A
1: lot of emotion, like you know, it's a big a lot, freaking a lot win. of stuff to prove. Yeah, you your whole offseason season with preparing for that series. They didn't play a midweek. So think about it. You're hype all week after beating Florida. You kind of forget who you are and what the the objectives are. They play Virginia Tech without a midweek. Virginia Tech, and you know, and they they're got not going to get hype.
0: And they got hokeyed.
1: <laughs> they're not going to get hype. So they lost Friday night 5-3. Um, Virginia Tech scored five in the first three inning, then didn't score the rest of the game. Miami just couldn't, couldn't score. Saturday, Miami shut them out. They scored three in the first, and then that was it. Yeah. So that game was like Miami just dominated pitching-wise. Then today, Virginia Tech scored seven runs in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. So Miami was up six, six to four going into the seventh, and then Virginia Tech put up five more runs. So remember what we said on Wednesday night, Thursday night, do not let Virginia Tech hang around.
0: Don't let them hang around. You got to just bury it. them. You got to bury. fourth
1: game, Bristol, Virginia Tech. They, they steal. They will steal a win, and exactly that happened.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's a. Uh, it's gonna be like the ACC might have nobody run away with the conference, and the difference between like first place and like eighth place could be like two or three games. Like you but could be, you could be in eighth place looking at possibly winning the conference with like the last two weekends to go.
1: You want to know something funny? In the Atlantic Division, Boston College and Notre Dame are your top two teams. The Atlantic we, Division. Yeah,
0: we didn't even talk about Notre Dame beating Wake Forest two out of three. Yep. So that was that was the first three games that Notre Dame played, and I mean, of course, they were their shiny gold helmets that like blind you. If Those you're are so they're, they're, so they're so ugly. They're so ugly. They're too much. They're too much. But I'll tell you what, they they crossed home plate quite a bit early and often. So Notre Dame might be the real deal too.
1: And then your Coastal Division, Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech are your top two teams. Like. Boston College, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, that's not going to stay that way. There's just no way.
0: We'll see. I, There's I, no way. Expect, Come on, please. I expect Florida State and NC State to bounce back next week. I think Clemson is actually a really good baseball team. I think Clemson my sleeper pick to win the ACC, dude. They 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 played. They lost well. to, to South Carolina, but they were close, and they had a chance to win both. Yeah, and I'm gonna say something crazy here, Dimitri. I think South Carolina has a better chance to win the SEC, like normal, just a full regular season SEC. I think besides Vanderbilt and besides Arkansas, Florida. I think no, dude, listen, I think South Carolina might actually have a better record than Florida, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. I'm telling you, dude, this team they have a bunch of JUCO bandits, they got a bunch of old dudes with big forearms and some swag. And The more I watched them, because I watched them play against Dayton opening weekend, I was like, man, these guys are a little bit better than I thought they were, (laughs) and we'll see. But I don't know, man. I think we saw Florida struggle against Samford today. Like, we saw um, Florida Uh, struggle. uh, uh, They had it. It was pretty – come on. They they went on a
1: walk-off. I mean, it was – Yeah, but that was one game. They manhandled them. But, yeah, anyway – I, I think, would
0: be I would not be surprised to see South Carolina be a top two or three team in the SEC this year. Speaking, and that's saying a
1: lot. Speaking of the SEC, then, um, who – I mean, dude, Wolf, I think it, it, as, as of right now, Arkansas, the only team that really – I mean, yeah, Mississippi State, but Tulane, dude, I think – I'm not saying they're the better team, but this weekend – they were almost a better team. Mississippi if, State was a better team. They won the close
0: game. Let's let's put it this way: Does Mississippi State win two out of three if it, they're playing this game, those games at Tulane? I think I, Tulane wins two out of three. I think so too, just based off of performance this past weekend, and obviously home field when advantage. When
1: you get the last at bat, when you get the last yeah. at bat, and, and you me, have the matters. crowd,
0: the crowd behind you, you're in a familiar ballpark. You know how things are going to play out. You know you're pitching mound better than the other team. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into play when you're playing at home in college baseball. Like, I always felt more confident playing at home because I I knew the batter's eye. I knew, like, the surrounding fields. You BP
1: I... there every freaking day.
0: Exactly. And I know for, like, pitchers, every mound's different. And no mound feels the same. So you know exactly how to work the mound to your advantage. So um, Mississippi State kind of – I mean, they showed me a lot of fight. I'll, don't get me wrong; they showed me a lot of fight. They showed that they can grind when they're trailing, um, and that they're they're a very momentum-based team. Meaning that when the momentum's going their way, they ride it. I mean, they ride it hard, better than probably any other team in the country. But um, I think if this if that series was played at Tulane, I don't think they win two out of three. I think Tulane takes at least two out of three. Maybe.
1: I I agree, but uh, like, dude, like outside of old, like Ole Miss and UCF, like Ole Miss. They got B. They got B fair and square. They won on a walk-off that UCF should have won. And they were on the bases. I mean, dude, you know how when you just watch a game and a team is getting on every single inning? Yeah. They're so close to scoring every single inning. That's just when you know a team is better than the other team. Who wins the final score in the ninth is not
0: always indicative of how that game is actually going. I, I get, but like the good you know teams I mean? cap, but the good teams capitalize when they have runners on base.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was old or UCF almost every single inning, guy on, guy hustling a double out, man on second, one out. They just have they you know, whatever the whatever happened. And or if Ole Miss just hit the walk-off three run homer in the ninth or whatever, but they were down all game versus the team that's just always putting pressure. Yeah. So that's true. If, I think I think Ole Miss will be fine. But
0: so, really, the only team I mean, we have a solidified number one team, and I think everybody kind of knows who that's going to be. It's Arkansas. But if you think back to Tuesday or Wednesday, I forgot when they played their, their midweek. They actually had to have a huge comeback on the night to come uh, when Robert Moore hit the ball off the top of the wall to win it. I was talking
1: about you're talking about FEMA on Thursday,
0: yeah. Was it Southeast thir- Missouri? No, they played th-
1: four game series, they
0: didn't play in midweek. Oh, you're right, you're right. But yeah, so Arkansas kind of escaped a and would have been an ugly loss if, if they weren't, I mean, first game of the series. So, I mean, Arkansas is no doubt the number one team in the country right now for us, but I'm not, I don't know. I think number one might this year might be cursed because we had Florida number one week one, they lose two out of three. We had Ole Miss number one this week. They lose two out of three. Does Arkansas really want that number one spot? Do they want it? Maybe it's time for somebody other than the SEC because Vanderbilt's next.
1: If they don't mess up, Vanderbilt's the next team. <laughs> we we might
0: have we might have 15 different number one teams this year, Dimitri.
1: But same thing I said about Miami. Arkansas played Texas Tech, Texas, and TCU last weekend, right? Yeah. That's a lot of emotion. That's a lot of energy. You focus on that all offseason. No midweek. They played Southeast Missouri on Thursday. Hard to get up for that one. Yeah. It was cold and cloudy. I'm pretty sure cold and cloudy. Not too many
0: fans there. Southeast Missouri definitely wanted to be there more. They wanted to be there way more. Hundred
1: percent, they wanted to be there more. But Arkansas won. That's what mattered. In in May, you don't go back and look at the box score. You nah, see a W,
0: for sure. I mean, that's all that matters. Wins in college baseball, they're hard to come by. I mean, I know the SEC kind of gets spoiled and ACC gets spoiled with you know a lot of just non-conference wins, but they're hard to come by. Like, n- there's very few like wins that you just you win from start to finish where you don't um, have to ground anything out. So, so.
1: Arkansas won the game that they could have easily have lost, mm-hmm. which I think m- matters more than just a win. Yeah. For sure. What game it was, the circumstances matter. But dude, Kentucky is 4-0. Georgia, I mean, a- Auburn. Auburn is 6-2. and They didn't play shit. They played Presbyterian then beat the brakes off of, I don't even know, Alabama Technical College, whoever it was.
0: Alabama A&M, yeah.
1: Was that disrespectful? It was disrespectful. I apologize. Any Alabama AM and m listener in here? Um, <laughs> they lost to Oklahoma next year. Got beat pretty handedly by Baylor. And then they showed up today and beat Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that uh, Round Rock Classic because that is presented by Flow Sports. And you and I watched every game. Um, so there was four teams in it, six games total, two each day. And this – this was SEC versus Big 12, very similar to the Round Rock, like State Farm Showdown week one. except Basically this week. a redemption
1: weekend from week one.
0: It was, and it was perfectly evenly matched. It was, th- um, Big 12 went three and three, SEC went three and three. Uh, there was two teams that went two and one. Um, I believe it was Oklahoma and Texas AM and both went two and one. And then um, Baylor and Auburn both went one and two. So it was very evenly matched. Um, it was fun. I thought that, Um, like the the tv like broadcast was much better it looked really good and um i thought i agree thought that tournament was good it was good to see kind of like mid-tier teams in the big 12 versus mid-tier teams in the sec how they compete against each other and uh, i thought it went really well so glad we got to watch that on flow sports and really i don't know if any of those four teams are even going to make a push at the top of the their conference Maybe two of those four teams make a regional. I would say dude, I don't. I don't think all four do.
1: Thursday, Thursday night. I said Auburn was going to run away with that tournament. Boy, was I wrong.
0: Oh, I said Baylor, and boy, was I wrong. I thought I thought Auburn was going to
1: go in there. I mean, they did. I, they did smack Texas A&M on today. Mm-hmm. So that was thirty three percent right. But Oklahoma, dude. Have you, I mean, you notice all the team week one were impressive week two they were dog shit yeah and then the dog shit team week one showed up week two
0: that's why this year college baseball is going to be so evenly matched compared to what we're going through a
1: mid-major team that we were decently like okay let's keep an eye out on them pretty high enough we'll just go get absolutely spanked (laughs) by a nobody
0: yeah it's just out of nowhere
1: like you're just sitting there like how the hell did i miss so bad on that
0: you're right um
1: I th- let's just go through the top 25 real quick. I think we touched on most of them.
0: We, I, I literally have check marks by everything that all 20 things that I wanted to talk about before the top 25. The only thing we have left is the top 25. And then uh, we're also releasing the mid-major top 25, right? Yep.
1: And then anything in, in between, we can go over and talk about, yeah, and discuss well, whatever the hell we want. For sure. And at so,
0: very end of the episode, you guys stay tuned because we do have Braden Oltoff um, from Tulane, the guy who slapped the wall at Duty Noble Field. We had an excellent interview with him. Oh, and dude.
1: So- that was a point I was going to bring up. Friday night, Tulane win. All chug, they slap the wall, right? Yeah. Mississippi State comes back and walks them off the next two days, basically saying, don't ever touch my wall again. <laughs> don't ever do that shit again.
0: Well, if they really thought that, they would have run-ruled them both games by 10. But um- Agreed, agreed. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get the top 25 going. We're not going to spend too much time on it. We want you guys to debate with us on Twitter. Uh, we love the interaction we get from there. So, um, Demetri, go oh, ahead. Before we do this, just because in your
1: opinion you think our top 25 is wrong doesn't mean you're right and we're wrong. We can be right and wrong. So can you for the listeners out there. Because We're so not many, worried about it. I don't care that much about our top 25 between the 10 and 11 team. But if I have a reason why, I will gladly let you know my reason. And there's probably a reason why. It might not be the perfect reason, well, but it's we a did,
0: valid reason. We spent close to two hours, like an hour on each, the mid both, both So we didn't go just, ahead, fire it you,
1: off in the number one team.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Arkansas is number one. I mean, I think that's very set in stone. And I think Vanderbilt we, number two is very set in stone. You're yep. going to see that all across like, every college baseball platform. Um, and then number three, we have Mississippi State. Two big comeback wins against Tulane, who Tulane's gonna be a really, really good team this year. And they it are was
1: hard. It was hard not to put Tulane in the top 25 just because they haven't quite finished their weekend. Right. They're so they're so close. Their but two they just...
0: losses week one were to Louisiana, both an extra innings. So um, and like I mentioned earlier, we do have uh Louisiana in our top 25. So they're they're two are two like series kind of like within like they're probably three or four outs away from being in a top 25 this yeah, week next week sure. or the week after they could be in the top
1: 25 they could
0: they have a very talented so team at number four we have Louisville at four and then we have Ole Miss at five so that's our top five right now Louisville set stays kind of in the same area Ole Miss drops from one to five uh, but we expect Ole yeah, Miss to-
1: I couldn't quite drop them too, we couldn't quite drop them too far I think Every game is closed. They were well fought games, great, great battles. UCF is a better team than they what they showed up. So I think Ole Miss losing to UCF is not as alarming. You can't sound the alarm yet. Yeah. I think, dude, same thing with, like I said, about Miami and Arkansas. They played an emotional, big ass weekend, opening weekend. They prepared for it all offseason. So when you see who, what Ole Miss record was coming in, when you see that they, lost a bunch of games, they got shut out by Stetson. You don't get too excited for it. Yeah. But the good UCF team showed up and Ole Miss just wasn't
0: good enough to not be ready for that. Exactly. And so um, actually, I want to do one more before we, ne- we make another break. But South Carolina we have at number six. So five SEC teams in the top six. And I know that might sound biased, but I don't I hate care. It. I hate it. I hate it. I don't care. I, I really think... Th- these, they might not all be a top six team, but I think they're all top 10 teams, but we really had to, we were not scratching our head too much about it because all five or five of those six teams in the top six from the sec, I think they would beat any of these other teams that we're about to list off below them in a two out of three in a series.
1: And, you know, I mean, it's hard because two weeks in, the preseason rankings don't matter, but you kind of go off what's on paper, Yeah, what they have and what they can do. So these teams are, are still on paper, your best team. It's going to be a mess, a lot of shuffling, but those are your best team. It's just, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, until and I mean there's people are gonna prove us wrong. Like teams are gonna prove us wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong all the time. I know. We're not we're not doing this. this. Isn't our job for the listeners out there? I know they know this. Like we don't get paid to do this. We do this because like we think all right, our input should matter a little bit. We've watched probably 40 games this weekend and probably 80 total on the year so far. So we're we're out there watching multiple games at a time. We're seeing talent levels. And if you think the SEC is not the best conference, like get your eyeballs. No, nobody, checked.
1: nobody denying that. If okay. they are, they're they're delusional. The SEC best yeah. conference. It is what it yeah. is. But so yeah, number seven. Yeah, you, you go great. ahead and do seven through twelve, Dimitri. Number seven is Miami. They came off Florida. We knew they were good. They finally did the unthinkable, which would beat Florida in the series. And so we had them up to I think number three or four last week. Yeah, we had them up to number four. So um Florida, I mean Miami you couldn't drop them too much. They lost a conference series to Virginia Tech. It is what it is. Number eight, Florida. They they can't put Florida in front of Miami yet. They have the head-to-head result. Number nine, UCLA. They took two out of three from a good UC Irvine team.
0: It was Um, ugly though. Demetri, I stream so shout out to UCLA for finally getting streaming stuff. Um, I know they have the darkest field in the state or in the country, but UCLA they won two out of three against uc irvine but it was ugly man i can't tell you how much i hate watching west coast baseball right now and it's because i mean they just don't play They're the camera game. angled on the left field foul pole it, it's the worst camera angles the the teams all play the exact same style it's like pitching and defense focus which a lot of like some people do enjoy that but they, there is just no power in any of these lineups they bunt with like if there's runner on first with one out or zero outs they bunt them over to second and try to slap a single Pitchers throw curveballs, O-O counts, uh, two O counts, three O count. Like it's just a different game out west, and like it was an ugly two out of three series. I don't think UCLA is any kind of contender to even get to Omaha this year. But at, at, at this point in time, at this point, I hope they prove me wrong. But West Coast baseball is just so soft to me. It's another, just another so,
1: another West Coast team, Santa Barbara, that number ten. They're going to. They're, they're, they're a little gonna, different
0: though. They're, they're a little going, different.
1: They they are. They're different. They're gonna stick around that area for most of the year, I believe. Um, nothing's gonna shoot them up too high, and I don't think I think they're too uh, fundamentally sound as a team to drop too low. At number eleven, TCU. They they're staying right there. Um, they one they took care of business this weekend. At number twelve, Oklahoma
0: State. Um, who took care of business? They're one of the they, remaining unbeaten, un, unbeaten teams. Yeah, they look good. Oh. They look good so far.
1: No, they're 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 going to be good. Um, and number thirteen, LSU. LSU took care of business against. Um, ben, well, who
0: did they beat Lafayette in the midweek? Yeah, they beat Lafayette
1: um, in the midweek, and then they beat. Uh, shit, who do they beat? They beat
0: um, LSU. They they beat Youngstown. Oh yeah, State. Youngstown State and nickel yeah. And then
1: they play nickels again on Tuesday. I don't know how far the two schools are. They're from
0: not that. far at all. They're not far at all. That's what I assume.
1: Okay. And then 14, Texas Tech. They took care of business against a, a low-life school.
0: I don't even remember who. Houston they Baptist. They dominated Houston Baptist. It was a home run show. It was,
1: yeah, I mean, thanks for coming person. out of
0: Houston Baptist. But, you know, they're, you're not hanging with the big dogs. Now, Texas Tech is definitely a team that I think we have ranked way too low just based off talent. Uh, I know they went 0-3 opening weekend in that big state farm tournament, but you're going to see Texas Tech, I think, take the, the Big 12 this year pretty handily. So, uh,
1: now this is where it gets fun. Number 15. First team, hey, this time of the year, I think it's fair. Georgia Tech, we're going straight from unranked. I mean, we had them ranked in our preseason. They look like shit again.
0: Eastern Kentucky. Eastern
1: Kentucky. <laughs> and We were like, no, get them out of here. Get Get out of here. They showed up this weekend at NC State. You got to shoot them all and, the way up to and 15. Dimitri.
0: They beat our Mercer Bears seven to three in the midweek. I
1: they, know they did, and it wasn't it wasn't very close.
0: It was seven nothing until the yeah. ninth, and Mercer yeah. scored three runs. Yeah,
1: but. so Georgia Tech is at fifteen. Very that's well a team. In, Georgia
0: Tech's a team that's going to get better throughout the season too, man. They have a lot of freshmen that are starting, just like very high recruits that they're just sticking right in the lineup, and and those guys are talented, dude. They're going to make some noise in the AC. All right, Ben,
1: you fire it off, 16 through 20.
0: Um, so I actually don't have the updated list, Dimitri, in front of me, so you're going to have to uh, just take this one home. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to uh, we forgot to send the file over, me, but it's okay, man. This is your show anyway, so go ahead. Dude, dude
1: that's, that is a lie. The listener <laughs> deserved to hear the truth here. I sent it to you on the, my phone. You do have the list, but it's fine. I'll take it from here on out. <laughs> Go ahead. At number sixteen, we have East Carolina. East Carolina took care of business this weekend, um, and then at number seventeen, we have North Carolina, who would rank. I think Ben last week we had North Carolina ranked like nineteen. So, are we, you
0: asking me? or Are you telling me? Because no, I no, actually no, have. No. We, we I actually have 19. that. I have that pulled up right now. If you want me to look at it,
1: no, no, it's all good. We have we had North Carolina in nineteen. We're moving them up to seventeen after they took care of business.
0: Three really close games against Virginia. Against Virginia,
1: yes. Um, they had they had a lot of guys who were not quite big names yet that were athletes on that on that field. Um, they had a couple home runs, really nice plays, really great pitching. All a, what you look for in, a, in an all around good team. And they
0: look sweet. Those North Carolina jerseys are sweet.
1: And you know what? This is the first year without Mike Fox. So North Carolina is a new era for them too. New baseball, new team, new leadership. So then at 18, we have another team coming into the ranking who, by the way, I think we made a mistake on last week, but Oregon State, they haven't, they've won, they've lost the Jordan Wick opening night and they haven't looked back since.
0: Just demolishing teams. Now that's a West Coast team that hits for some power and and some gaps. So
1: Oregon State got more of that bona fide good yeah. baseball team shit. Yeah. Um. They did. We had we had Grand Canyon at like number two or number three in our mid major. They took care of Missouri opening weekend, and then Oregon State rolled into town and beat the shit out of them for four straight games: four nothing, <laughs> three one, nine two, and four two. I mean two close game but when you're scoring four runs in four game that's not that's not very close
0: you're right it's so not
1: oregon state we we shot them up right back into the ranking um that team is good they're they're a good team and they should have been in the top 25 last week but it is what it is you learn from your states and you move on Number 19, Virginia. We dropped them down a couple spots after they lost to North Carolina. Virginia with that 14, they're at number 19. I don't think I think maybe we're punishing them a little too much, Ben. They lost close ass game.
0: Yeah. They look good too. They were my sleeper pick for Omaha this year. So I'm I'm not giving up on the Who's yet.
1: No, there's no reason you should give up on them yet. At number 20, we have Tennessee, who split with Indiana state in the four game set, the two, two, and they lost an extra inning game, to, or they won the extra inning game today. So Indiana state also took the first one against Pitt, who, by the way, also had a hell of a weekend. I don't know if we talked about that. Yeah, we did. Sweeping Florida state. Yep. So Indiana state is a good baseball team. Um, So at number 21, we have Clemson. Same thing. They lost both games this weekend, but they were tight, close ass game. Clemson shouldn't have been punished too hard. Um, and then at 22, Pitt comes into the ranking. Like I said, first series win against Florida State ever in school history. It's a now big is, deal.
0: Now, is Pitt a baseball school now? No, stop it. Stop it right they now. They might be Pitt. a baseball school. <laughs> After this it. year, they look stop. good.
1: Stop it. Stop it. They're They're good right now. They're not a baseball school. They might be. Ben, you're talking out of your ass now. You're, just, you're <laughs> just saying stuff.
0: Trying to stir the pot a little bit.
1: At number 23, we have Virginia Tech. Not ranked. They're joining us in the ranking. Took two out of three at Miami, which is, by the way, a hard place to go down and win because there's a lot of other more fun things to be doing. At number 24, we have Degg's baby. Degs is back in the top 25, Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns are at 24. They took two out of three from Tulane and then this weekend shit ben who, who did uh louisiana lafayette play this weekend this is
0: well they they lost to uh lsu in the midweek yeah but and it then,
1: was you know, it was like a 4-5-1 game or something like that
0: yeah and then they ended up sweeping um goodness who uh frick let's see Dude, come on,
1: man. We got to know this shit. No, I'm just kidding. It's been they a long swept week. Rice. They swept oh, Rice. Oh, that's
0: right. The, the Rice Alice. You're right. Yeah,
1: they swept Rice, who, by the way, is like South Carolina, you know? They need to be back. South Carolina, as of right now, they look like they're back, and it's better for college baseball. We need Rice to do the same damn thing. Call up South Carolina say, what the hell did you guys do? You go Juco? All right, we will, we'll start going Juco, too. Figure out whatever they did. And then to finish off our top 25, Notre Dame. Notre Dame took two out of three from Wake. By the way, their Wakefield is ugly. I hate that turf <laughs> colored dirt that they have. I hate it. But Notre Dame, first weekend of the year, they didn't even get to play anybody opening weekend. They went straight into ACC play. Took two out of three from a good Wake team. So I think they deserve to be in the top 25 for now.
0: For sure. All right. So that wraps up our top 25. There was a couple teams like FAU that almost made the cut. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the other schools that were just on the outside looking in like Auburn was up there. Um, shoot. Ooh. NC state's close Florida to get back.
1: Florida Atlantic is definitely a team to consider.
0: Yeah. But we're, I know this top 25 is going to change a hundred times before the end of the year. So, um, but we're going to be posting a graphic on all social media about each one of those. Uh, now, Dimitri, do you want to just run through the mid-major top 25 real quick before we get to the interview?
1: Yep, let's run, uh, let's, gonna... r- let's run through it. Um,
0: you have that as well. I don't have it with me. Yep,
1: so. yep. So, the top 25 mid-major, which,
0: which we're the only, we're like the only college baseball that outlet actually that actually
1: does a true mid-major top 25. Yeah, I, I, I give a shit about this one. Like, I yeah, care we about take
0: it. a lot of pride in this one.
1: So, Santa Barbara stayed the number one from last week, they took care of business against, um, Oh, my God, dude. There's so much shit. We have so much.
0: Here, I'll be in charge. I don't know.
1: We were good. I'll be in charge. They sweat Pepperdine.
0: They sweat Pepperdine.
1: They sweat Pepperdine. Yep. So, Santa Barbara won. Louisiana Lafayette took care of business. We just talked about them. They're at number two. UC Irvine at number three. They, like Ben said, it was an ugly series. They lost two out of three to UCLA. Close game. At number four, we have Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic um took two out of three from UCF opening weekend and then took care of business um in their midweek this week so we moved them up at number five we have coastal coastal um took care of business this weekend they went I think they went um three and oh four uh three and one then they played bryant in that tournament conway they played bryant west virginia and kennesaw state so
0: Coastal was down nine to one in like the sixth inning today against Kennesaw State. Ended up winning I like thirteen to 13 eleven. Thirteen
1: to eleven. I saw that. That's 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 crazy. And then at number six we have Southern Miss, who they
0: won two out of three. They won yep. two out of three against UConn.
1: Yeah, and baseball. by the way, UConn is a good baseball team. They're, don't count them out yet. Um, and then at number seven we have Dallas Baptist, who split the. B- Four Gonzaga with Gonzaga, um, and the Pine Tar scandal—I I like to call it the Pine Tar Gate—they got their asses kicked and tried to find an excuse for it. Grand Canyon dropped; they were our number two team in the movement major last week. We dropped them to number eight. Like we said, they got swept in a four-game series with Oregon State. Um, it's, I don't—that's don't, what I'm talking about. You show up and you take three out of four against Mizzou. And then you get swept in a four game series against Oregon State. Like, like, how do you like just win one damn. game? Just win one. That's a <laughs> shitty week of practice. Whatever you did, don't ever do it again. <laughs> and then at um number nine, we have Florida Gulf Coast, who is six and two, took three out of four against Kansas this weekend. Um, and they swept South Florida. They lost a three one game in the midweek to FAU. To, took three out of four in Kansas, FGEC, They're a baseball school. They used to be Dunk City, but they're a baseball school too. And then at number uh, number ten, we have UNC Wilmington, who they're five and one. Ben, but they they lost one to Western Carolina. So you know, there's not a whole lot of weight to look into that. They swept opening weekend. Took Western Carolina two out of three. Um, and then at number 11 san francisco got their ass kicked by cal this weekend
0: yeah after winning two out of three against ucla week like one.
1: like how did that make how did that make any sense like how do you how do you just look so different in two, in a week, one week to the next they lost three out of four to cal um i don't, I don't understand how people just just change teams like that i mean baseball is hard but it holy shit have some sort of consistency Indiana state. We talked about them earlier. They took one opening day. They beat Pitt, lost an X two. Then they took, uh, they split a four game series with Tennessee at Tennessee losing, I think a one run game Friday night. Then they lost an extras today. And Indiana state was good last year and they were really good the year before. I'm, I think you remember that regional.
0: Yeah, no, I do.
1: Um, and then at number thirteen we have Louisiana Tech, who they are—they have a lot to play for. A new stadium, old team, like most of these mid-majors. They swept Southern. Not too much to be impressed about. Um, and then at number fourteen we have Pacific. At fifteen we have San Diego State. Sixteen Southern Illinois, who undefeated, kicked the shit out of our Mercer Bears this weekend. Ben, dominated them. Bear.
0: Dominant. I was there Friday and Saturday. They hit they hit seven homers on Friday, and like they're just huge. They're a big, strong team. They're going to do some damage in the Missouri Valley. Just mark that down.
1: At seventeen, we have Stetson. How about them Stetson Header. And you want to know why you said it like that?
0: Uh, please, please enlighten me.
1: We're playing at Stetson every. So my freshman year, no, my I think my sophomore year, we played down there. Asked Destin, their their announcer, is, dude, he he's the treasure. Every three innings, he would uh, or every all the time, he would go, um, for like their promotion for their concession stands and shit. He would be like, he, out of nowhere, dude, you're just sitting there throwing your warm up pitches. They're sitting in the dugout, whatever. He'll be like, all right, some fans, we got a lot of good stuff in the concession stand or whatever, and then he'll be like. Yum yum, come get you some. <laughs> do you think laughing. he's still there? You think he's still doing it for Stetson? I, I hope so because the guy the guy was, was hilarious. And they <laughs> you know how when you announce your starting lineup of the pregame or whatever? He would do this very long Stetson Hatter. Like this long. Oh, <laughs> you love it. You just love <laughs> I love when the PAI take pride and they give it they care about. Their job or their came up
0: That's probably the best time of his life is when he gets to introduce the team.
1: Yeah, and he enjoys doing it. So, yeah. like, I, 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 get it when people make fun of them, but I think it's awesome. I, I love it because, dude, every time I talk to a, one of my friends that play to Stetson, or I, I see Stetson, any I see their name come up, I'm just like, I just play it in my head, Stetson. <laughs> but they're nine and oh dude. They're nine and oh Finally, so, they're back. And they, oh. they, shut, they beat the shit out of UCF 7 <laughs> nothing in the midweek. So, they're a good team.
0: Home of Jacob deGrom, not a bad – and Corey, uh, Kluber. Corey Kluber. Yeah, Corey DeGrom. Kluber went there too. And
1: you know who the head coach for Stetson, Pete Dunn, you know who his godson is?
0: Trivia. No idea. No idea. Tripper Jones. Oh, huh. that's a good good little stepson to have. Was yeah, Godson so or Chipper, stepson? Chipper, what? Stepson or Godson? Damn it, Godson. Okay.
1: Godson, I I think I yeah, no, you Godson. did say
0: Godson. I don't know. It's later
1: okay. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking it's, about. It Godson and Chipper actually um, donates to the program and helps him out. Some. And he's a Florida. He's a Florida guy. He's a yeah. Gator. But yeah, he 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 helps out the stepson program. Shows up there. I don't know once a year or something. Then at number eighteen we have Georgia Southern, who lost a hard-fought battle against East Carolina this weekend.
0: Yeah, the good team though, Real good team. They play Tennessee. 19, yeah, Santa played Tennessee. Yeah, played Tennessee. One. Yep. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. At nineteen we
1: have Santa Clara. At twenty, I don't know why they did this. To them Georgia State, they're gonna lose majority of their games. We are rewarding <laughs> them for their tough schedule, dude. You gotta reward them for just doing it and winning every now Someone's and then. Someone's
0: gotta play those teams and Georgia State said, Ah, we'll sign up. Go ahead.
1: Well, we, they they literally it's like it's like getting on eBay and just bidding on everything and just winning them all and saying, Oh shit, now I gotta I gotta I gotta pay for all these items. <laughs>
0: that is, clip that. That is a great that is a great analogy. Georgia it, State literally you're getting on eBay.
1: I, ooh, I like that bid. Oh shit, I won. Bit. Oh my God. I won that too. You just win everything. You're just like, damn, now we gotta pay for all this shit. That's what Georgia State's doing right now. They scheduled all these things. They got on the phone. Everybody said yes. And they're like, Holy shit, dude. We we got we like we're stuck now. We gotta play them all.
0: That it's like ordering it like you go into a restaurant hungry or like you go to a buffet you go to golden corral and you're like all right i'm gonna pick this up yep this looks good yep that looks good okay <laughs> well i can't forget this like i do this every time and then all of a sudden you got a tower of food on your plate and you're like oh man i can't eat all you this. know what
1: you know what do you feel guilty when you just throw a bunch of food away at golden Corral?
0: yeah well i try my best not to because i got a big stomach but yeah i feel, I feel guilty so guilty t-
1: Taking so much shit and then just not eating it, but anyway, twenty-one Wofford. They came into the ranking. Um, they they're winning games. Um, yeah, Mercer rival. Wofford is six and two on the year. They played um, Gardner Webb. They lost opening night to Gardner Webb, and then they won 2, beat Presbyterian. I mean, and then they took care of Xavier, who, by the way, took two out of three from Texas A&M. And then they go and lose three out of four to Wofford. Like I said, how the, I almost just dropped a hard S bomb there. But how do you just look like two different teams in less than
0: five days? Uh, dude, I don't know, man. College baseball's so weird. It's such like, a weird sport.
1: How do you beat Texas A and then lose to Wofford?
0: It's such a weird sport, man. I don't get it. But that's what, that's the beauty about it is nobody gets it.
1: Coming into the rankings as well. At number 22, we have Charlotte. UNC Charlotte is 6 and 0, undefeated. They swept Morehead State and they swept Mil- William and Mary. And Ben. looking at these scores, they're like they're, they're boat race. They're beating the hell out of everybody 12 4, 18 3, 4 2, 7 1, 4. They're doing three, what 20.
0: you're supposed to do when you schedule bad teams. They're exactly. just burying them, just having you fun you with it.
1: Take care of your business and win the freaking game. Yeah, And then. At number twenty-three, another undefeated team, USC Upstate, is undefeated, six and zero, and they have beat Toledo. They swept them, beat the hell out of them. And then this is a good point to talk about: College of Charleston gets swept by USC Upstate, ten-three, one nothing in thirteen ten. Chad Holbrook, who we both know left from South Carolina, went to College of Charleston with a big home run higher, right? Yeah, right. And, dude, I can tell you the teams that they played this year, they lost to North Carolina A T. That's not a good loss. Not a good loss. There's a difference between losing a game and just a really bad loss. Yes. Then they lost 18-7 to to Georgia Southern. Then they get swept at home by USC Upstate. That's supposed to be a good baseball school. They used to be a really good baseball school. They were always a, in regionals. Yeah, it was a forty-win team every single year, and they they can't win a ballgame. I mean, you, sometimes the blind squirrel finds an acorn, and they
0: can't even find a win. They they scheduled those teams thinking, all right, we're going to start the season five and one, maybe six and zero. Oh.
1: UNC Greensboro comes in at twenty four. Um, they're six and two beat elon they beat nc state in the midweek which was a fun game by the way 16 13 That was a wild ass game and then they took two out of three in high point whatever and then last but not least we have the troy trojan who are seven and one they deserve to be in the top 25 mid-major poll they swept uh three out of four against Youngstown state beat uab and then they swept jacksonville so that yeah. is your mid-major top 25 some of you guys probably don't give a shit about the mid-major poll, and a lot of you do. Um, so that's our breakdown. We're the only people that do it, and I hope you guys appreciate us
0: for it. Yeah, and we'll be posting graphics of each one of these on our Twitter, so you guys look for those. But uh, anyways, I know this was a long show. I appreciate you guys for listening to it. We do have a little bit left, and you guys are, gonna, you guys are going to want to stick around for it. Um, Friday night, ace, All-American pitcher from Tulane, Braden Oltoff, is going to be joining us now. And uh, but you guys interact with us on social media, S- like and subscribe us on uh, all podcast forms. We love your support. Over three or almost three million impressions in the last twenty eight days on Twitter from Isn't our it crazy? so it's crazy. It's something to be proud of. Uh, we're not trying to show off. We're just trying to grow the game of college baseball.
1: No, but I think I think it just speaks to the followers, the people that follow us. They interact with us, they care about the game, and that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to create a big one big happy college baseball family. Yes, sir. With a little bit of shit talking and everything else in there.
0: <laughs> we do it a little bit different. You're right. But uh yeah, just we're we're grinding for you guys. We do all this stuff for free. So you guys definitely uh we appreciate you guys. And um, but anyways, you guys enjoyed the interview we're about to post right now, and uh besides that, we'll just be back after. We'll be back. We're good. All right, what's up, college baseball fans? We have a very special guest here today. Uh, You probably saw his video go viral on Twitter of slapping the wall at Duty Noble Field in uh, Mississippi State. Uh, One of the best hairs, one of the best hairstyles in college baseball, let me say. We have Braden Oltoff of Tulane Baseball joining the show here today. Braden, man, it's so great to have you. Appreciate you guys for having me. For sure. So, um, we were doing a little bit of research before we started, um, our reco- interviewing you and we noticed you're a Juco bandit and we love Juco sure. bandits on this show. We're big supporters. I played junior college baseball in Texas. And, um, so we have some connections with some Juco guys over in California and, uh, dude, how was like, how was the Juco lifestyle before going to Tulane? Cause West coast, California to new Orleans, Louisiana is probably a little bit of a culture shock.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was very different for sure. Um, I remember I was kind of lucky enough. Actually, my JUCO was actually pretty nice. Uh, I went to Palomar College, and our field uh, is definitely as nice as some Division ones. But I mean, it was definitely still the JUCO lifestyle. Uh, yeah, walking up through campus in full uniforms up to the field. <laughs> uh, weight room was just a cluster. Everything was everywhere, and I mean hundred guys for tryouts three-hour bus rides to some of the worst fields you can possibly play on but i mean that's about it i remember my juco coach telling me specifically when i got an offer from tulane i was kind of trying to figure out where i wanted to go and he kind of was like New Orleans like he's like that's just a place you got to go out and visit and decide for yourself it's something that you'll never experience and just something that's really hard to describe so yeah and I'm I'm, out there and I love it great place for sure and it helps that
0: you guys probably actually I'm not even gonna say probably you guys have the best selection of uniforms in the country Tulane baseball has the best uniforms in college baseball and I'll stand and die on that train right there how cool is it to be able to pick out your uniforms every time and just think like god I look sweet out there
2: Oh yes. Uh, since I've been pitching on Friday, I wear the. I normally always the hotel Wi-Fi, man.
0: Yeah, Are you there with us? Hey, hey,
2: yo,
1: you completely Tom. went out.
0: You're good. You're good. We're gonna we're gonna cut that last part. I'm gonna re ask the me question. now. Yeah, we're good. You kind of you cut completely okay, out. Okay, it's, yeah. it's that hotel Wi-Fi.
2: It's that hotel Wi-Fi.
0: Freaking Yeah,
2: it, it really is
0: the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> hey, Sorry, we'll we'll go back to that question here in a second all right Hey, going um,
1: back going back to high school juco yeah. Dave, did you did you know you wanted to go juco or did you were you like man i just want to go there and then go somewhere bigger like some guys have different mindset
2: yeah it was, so it was actually um i had no offers out of high school so you had I actually no almost offers? went to uc santa barbara no offers oh no i was top in 85 at the time uh i didn't start pitching until my senior year so i was really like a late bloomer so and i didn't go to a very good high school so just not really not a lot of looks out of high school so i actually almost went to uc santa barbara maybe just for school maybe was going to try to walk on but the palomar coaches kind of texted me every day they're like we really want you here it was it was 20 minutes away from my house and they had a really good track record of getting guys out and getting guys to division one. So the goal for me was always kind of like division one and pro baseball or bust. So yeah. I knew that if I went to Palomar, I, I would, I was at least going to try it out. And I mean, everything worked out. They definitely got me in front of the right people. And obviously yeah. happy where I'm at now. I love when I love when guys earn, earn their spots, earn
1: their shit. Like you, you earn, things you're given some guys you know just wake up and they throw 95 and they mm-hmm. show up at a area code game they show up a perfect game and, and everything just comes to them mm-hmm. okay then when they have a bad outing everyone's like oh adversity adversity post on social media verse i'm like go go talk to the guys that actually didn't have anything and they exactly. they earn one step at a time those guys are in my opinion are more successful in the long term of baseball careers
2: mm-hmm. yeah n- no offers and there's even a point my freshman year uh we had about I'd say 10 sophomore arms and four freshmen. So and I think nine of the ten uh, sophomores went division one. So it's really hard to get innings. And I think there was a month where I didn't even pitch at all, didn't see the field. Uh so that was a lot of adversity. I just kind of kept working and then towards the end of the year, we had one of our starters go down and I got a spot start. I did good. There and then is. I got another spot start and then by the playoffs, I was like our number one guy as a freshman, so it's just kind of long road. But I mean, just keep working, and eventually you'll get where you want to be. And
1: Tulane was your, I guess I I don't know if it was your number one or your only choice
2: coming out of JUCO. I'd say my top choices were Pitt, Kansas State. I actually got a use got an offer from UC Santa Barbara, which was kind of my dream school always growing up, right on the beach. I'm from San Diego, West Coast guy, but some of visit there the the coaching staff the campus getting out of california going to a new place like new orleans i loved was it so the, was yeah. fergus
1: there when you were there donegal
2: uh at santa barbara at it santa barbara yes yeah. he was yeah he was, he's still the coach there right now i'm trying to yeah sounds about right I can't yeah. think of his name exactly honestly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're good. We interviewed the Santa Barbara coach a couple of years ago and he was an awesome guy. But uh, okay. no, but that's dude. that's really cool because, um, you know, I, I know what the Juco life is like. You know, every day you wake up and you're just like, please just have a division one coach. Just call me or text me or send me a letter. And you're out there grinding in the heat. You're grinding, you know, double headers on Thursday and Saturday. And uh, I mean, look, I mean, look where you're at now, man. You're throwing Friday nights at Tulane, which I consider a baseball school more than anything. Not football, oh, yeah. not basketball, baseball for sure. And, um, I mean, you're the dude over there. You're the guy that the, the team leans on on Friday nights to get that opening series win. And, um, and you know, that's really cool, man. So to watch you pitch yesterday at, at Mississippi State was, like, it felt like it came full circle to us at 11.7 because we kept up with you last year when you just dominated guys. You had, like, a I don't know, like 100 strikeouts, it felt like, in seven starts or something like that. It was crazy. So mm-hmm. um, how, kind of walk us through that feeling of walking into – you know, Duty Noble Field, uh, number two, three, four ranked Mississippi State team and just kind of like showing them who you were and who the Tulane baseball team was.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was, That was a game. I mean, when I knew figured I was coming back to Tulane this year, we had we didn't know our full schedule, but that was kind of a game that I knew is on the schedule. We were going to be at Mississippi State. So I was always super excited for that. Um, walking into the stadium was amazing. It's probably nicer than almost all the minor league stadiums. And then even with covid and everything like that like the the last two nights there it's been electric the fans are loud they're they're chirping you they're talking to you both dugouts are yelling at each other it's just like <laughs> a great baseball atmosphere and like i feel like i kind of thrive off that energy i yeah. i love when people are talking to me I, it kind of maybe they're trying to get in my head but i don't think that ever really works it just kind of fires me up more so i mean i love that talk um and were then the grills, were the grills on
1: fire in the outfield with the smoke going
2: oh yeah they everyone was out there it's a barbecue out there it's smells so like,
1: freaking good dude yeah
2: it's it's crazy i mean the setup they have there is pretty unreal their facilities and then yeah just knowing going into that they were number five they did really well in uh texas all against like top they played three top 10 teams i believe so, yeah they did and they went two and one and the one loss was to tcu three to two so I knew it was going to be a good team, but, and then right out of the gate, lead off double to the wall. I'm like, okay, we're here. Like, we're good, like, dude. Like there's nothing play.
1: worse as a starter than you're like hyping up a game. And I'm sure, you know, last weekend with a lot of energy, a lot of emotion after COVID you guys waited so long to come back, but I know you had your eye on Mississippi state. You, yeah. you, you can admit you had your eye on them a little bit looking ahead, mm-hmm. but when you've, amp up a game for so long and then the first you're like you visualize first inning three up three down second you visualize your outing Mm -hmm. and then when you go out there and give up a hit and a run you're just like dude why was I all that thinking all that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. game prep just for this Mm -hmm. it's so hard
2: yeah it's tough I mean but I mean I try to stay in the moment I knew it was a long game and then right when our offense was able to get some runs at inning, I mean, against one of their really good pitchers, Colin Burns, lefty on lefty, like eight pitch at bat, I want to say. And then home run to left field. That was pretty electric. I think that, that got the team going. And then I knew from there, I like, I'd kind of gotten into my groove a little bit. I think I retired 11 or 12 in a row. So I was just trying to, just trying to keep it close and then kept on getting more run support, which made it even easier to go out there. I mean, I'm a, command guys so I was at that point I'm just trying to pound the zone let them put it in play
1: yeah the team I can tell from the I mean I think I've watched I would probably say I've watched two or three of your starts like you know ch- ch- checking in and out Tulane played with more energy I mean most teams do with their Friday night guys on the mound but sometimes they're Saturday or Sunday guys depending on who's the guy that you know in the locker room that's funny that cares about people that you know like have that vibe Mm-hmm. Guy play better when they're on the mound because they think, oh, that's our guy. Like, I want mm-hmm. I want to play for him. He wants to pitch for us. It could be a great game. It, that, I think that's what I see when I see two-lane baseball when you're on the mound.
2: So, oh, yeah, the, the, dugout, t- the dugout was electric. Uh, mm-hmm. They always are. They always bring the energy. I thrive off that. I I hear them yelling the whole game, all my, all my guys in there. So I love that. Yeah, you're the guy, man. And so uh, kind of going back to, like, how you said
0: you're, like, a command pitcher, is there, like, a major league pitcher that either you grew up, like – you know, following or like maybe a pitcher nowadays that you really look up to try to mold your game after anything like Mm,
2: that? Yeah, I'd say there's two. I'd say uh, one is Max Scherzer for his like competitiveness on the mound. Like he's always getting after it. And then just like I think he like he says it best. Like he just takes it a pitch at a time, a batter at a time. He's kind of like a I wouldn't say I'm a max effort guy, but I feel like he's just so fine with like every pitch. And then yeah. The other guy I'd say is Kyle Hendricks, just because like I feel like he's more of kind of a pitcher. I am. He doesn't throw the hardest, but he just keeps the hitters off balance. And he gets the job done like top in 88, 90 sometimes with off speed. So, I mean, I'm a big off speed guy. So a pitcher like that, I love that. And, and so you- I'm
0: glad you I'm glad you said Kyle Hendricks, because the way that your ball was moving just by watching it on TV or live streaming that me and Dimitri were. Uh, it got to the point where the umpires had to check your glove for pine tar because the ball was moving so much. And that is like the biggest compliment in the world to a pitcher.
2: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So when the umpires came out to check your glove, I saw you just kind of hand it to them. Like, hey, here you go. There's nothing on here.
2: I've never used any substances, anything like that. I said, take the glove. I was like, (laughs) you can check my whole body. Like you can do whatever you want. And then I'm just nasty. Yeah. the, The base umpire was even like, He's like, well, what did they ask to check? And the, the home plate umpire is like, just the glove. We're just going to check the glove. I'm like, you guys can check the whole. <laughs> the whole up. they checked it. Do whatever. Then I just looked in the Mississippi State dugout, gave him a little thumbs up. Like, <laughs> Dude, I saw that. Go I, was for just it. Like, like, I was just
1: like, that's a big old F you. Like, do whatever yeah. you like Keep trying me.
2: Like, but, yeah, it's like, you really think I'm cheating just because you're not you going to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. love it, though. Like you guys said, it's a compliment. So, I mean, it just fired me up more.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the hitters were coming back to the dugout saying, like, I've never seen a pitch move like that. And the coaches are probably like, There's got to be a little bit of substance on there, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, they're they're seeing SEC pitching every single week moving forward. And you're mm-hmm. over here just making them look dumb in the box. So that's that's so cool, man. I'm I'm glad that uh we got to witness it and we kind of made those uh those moments get a little bit more highlighted on social media because we thought that was mm-hmm. such a cool thing. But speaking of social media, man, how cool was it to slap the wall at Mississippi State after a great outing? Was that like oh. Just that, that, that feeling—that
2: feeling is unmatched. I mean, I slapped the wall a few times last. You weren't year. feeling anything. Oh yeah, always a great feeling. But I mean, after a big win, I mean, the co- coach, Jewett, always kind of talks about like who's gonna get it. Kind of goes over the game and then kind of hands it off. You just look at it, you look down at everybody and everyone just going crazy. And then you <laughs> slap it. It's like it's like an avalanche of people coming. Yes. In. I, I, on the days that I don't slap the wall, and when I'm not pitching into somebody else or somebody else slapping the wall, I always stand in the back row and let everyone. And then I, because I'm not trying to get plowed over, I <laughs> like somebody can get injured in that that pile.
0: I uh, know. and it's like the most viral. Th- I mean, it's it's probably my newest favorite tradition in college baseball. Every time Tulane wins, I go right to the the Twitter account. I'm like, who's slapping the wall today? Yeah. Who's doing it? because that stuff just gets me fired up. We
2: even have like a promotion going this year where we're like ha, there's I saw a kid the other night on uh watching the video of me slapping the wall. He has his own sticker and he's slapping the wall at the same time that I'm doing it. So, <laughs> it's definitely spreading around in the community, so it's pretty yeah. electric.
0: It's one of those things that like people see it on social media that maybe aren't college baseball fans. That's the kind of stuff that kind of gets them interested in the game. Cause mm-hmm. that's what we're all about is growing the game of college baseball. And Definitely. it's those moments that are like, okay, college baseball is not major league baseball. This sport is fun. Like it's exactly. fun to watch
1: and keep up with. So uh, um, question. I don't, I could be totally off base here, but when you get with the slap the wall thing there before you got there.
2: Uh, yes, it was there before I got there. Um, maybe a year or two before I got there. I'm not for sure. I think it's still pretty new, maybe just a year before I got there, but yeah, it was, it was definitely around before, but I feel like it's definitely starting to get more relevant now. People are taking notice to it for sure. Did
1: you, do you know how it got started?
2: I do not. I, I I'll have to get the, the background information on that. I'm not how, sure how it got started, but I mean, it's definitely electric. I Is wouldn't mean, start I, Dude, I, don't I love think, it. I, I don't love know. it. Yeah, I don't think another team could honestly take it from us. We probably have like trademark or something on it, but I mean
1: it's kinda like the turnover chain or like like from Miami or like those college football like prop cool stuff like that, exactly. I don't know if you saw on on Twitter. I was the other day. I said something to Ben. I was like, "Dude, they gotta win and slap that shit. They gotta slap the wall, right?" And yeah. a couple of Mississippi State people like tweeted, like responded, or whatever. They were like tagging the Starkville Police Department, saying, "Hey, oh, um, def, um, <laughs> defamation. Make sure these guys don't do that." And then when you guys did it, I was like, "Dude, yes, yes yeah, yeah."
2: Like I saw, go. I saw on my phone after the game. I saw one of your guys' posts. It was like something about the big outing the big win and it's like slap the wall question mark and then I, yes. I knew we were gonna get the video to you guys
0: yes dude when we got the video uh your siD sent it over to us and I was I mean that was one of the most pumped I've been in a long time I was like That's they did awesome. it and that was fun but uh just kind of going back a, a little bit uh we we asked you a question and your internet kind of cut out a little bit but the uniform selection at Tulane is top notch. It's actually, in my opinion, my favorite uniform selection in all of college baseball. Just the colors itself—the blue and the green kind of mix—and um, you know, you said that you're used to wearing the whites at home and gray on the road, very classic. But is oh, yeah. there like one uniform that, like, maybe one day you're going to break out for us that you're like, I'm saving this for a big occasion? I've got
2: one. I, I hope mean, you pick. maybe the the coaches have one tucked away for the postseason or something I would I would love to get into a a different uniform maybe one time change it up but the whites are personally my favorites I think it's the cleanest look with our white cleats but then I'd say the blues are also a very good look and a lot of people on the team actually like our green ones the best so I mean there's plenty to choose from I remember when we did the photo shoot last year we had like eight different guys and I want maybe six to eight guys in all different jerseys and different looks so like we we definitely got a lot of different looks to get out there yeah you got the looks down
0: for sure and so um a couple last questions for you because we don't want you up all night because you got a big game tomorrow but um kind of talk us about like your your workout program after the season got cut out from from because of COVID like what did you do in the off season on your own time to like kind of stay in shape and maybe work on some pitches or something like that
2: yeah definitely so uh actually um i ended up with me and my buddy on the team jack aldridge we drove home we kind of packed all our stuff up to california up, drove all the way to california put all the stuff in the car uh we we took it over like three days because we knew that there wasn't really anything to go home to is already everything was on lockdown all the restrictions yeah. so we stopped at some like random parks and we're throwing and stuff. Uh, and then I was talking to my parents and it, uh, my grandma was actually gonna be living at my house. So I was kind of like, my mom was like, if you come here, you're not gonna really be able to be going like in and out. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that's really gonna work at this point, like the draft is coming up. Like, I wanna stay in shape. I gotta keep working on this stuff. So I was talking to one of my buddies uh, named Everett Hazelwood who I played with at Juco. He's actually uh, the Saturday guy at Kansas. And me, him, uh, Jorge Marillo, who I played with at Juco, Brett Lockwood, who played at Kansas State, and then Evo, who played at Kansas as well. We all lived at his mom's house and we worked out. Um, I lived there for maybe like two or three months. Uh, we worked out like every day together. We were a bunch of grinders. We'd go to our pitching coach's house, Chris Heineman, and throw bullpens up there and then it was, it was hard to find a gym a lot of the time. So we'd just do body weight workouts, we'd, we'd go to parks, they'd be closed, we'd drive somewhere else. I mean, I just kind of surrounded myself with a group of people who are just as dedicated as me. So between the five of us, one of us was gonna push the rest of us to make sure we went and got all our work done that day. So I think I was able to stay in really good shape during coronavirus. It probably actually helped me excel past other people who weren't able to work out as much or just didn't want to put in as much effort to go find a place to work out.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's like, that's one thing that I think a lot of like just normal like sports fans in general don't understand when COVID happens, you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to hold other people accountable, right? Like to get those workouts in, throw those bullpens. um, I mean, a lot of people call them like prison workouts, body weight stuff. You know, it's the stuff, it's the grind that a lot of normal fans don't appreciate and, uh, know kind of acknowledge what you guys are doing on a daily basis so we've asked a few uh the few pitchers that we've interviewed so far this year and they've all had similar answers to you like hey we got Mm -hmm. a group of guys together all from different schools we were we were buddy buddy for those five or six months and we got ready for this year because you know we have dreams past just the college level we want to go pro we want to make it to the major leagues to make our families proud so dimitri you got a question for us what you got any questions for him? Before I, can't, we
1: let him go? I can't hear anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's about right. That's what, you know, that's what separates us from the rest of the college baseball stuff is we're very, very organic, man. We just we just roll with it like everybody else. But, um, man, I just want to say best of luck to you the rest of the year. Like We're not kidding, your biggest fans like we appreciate we, that we support Tulane baseball. They were one of remember our first that going
2: forward for yes. sure.
0: So give us a shout out moving forward whenever you, you oh, know, yeah. do move on to bigger and better things, but uh, we're definitely going to keep up with you. We love lane baseball. Uh, best of luck, best of luck moving forward, man.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Roll yeah. wave. Roll wave, baby. Roll wave.
1: Roll wave, baby. <laughs> appreciate it, man. <laughs>